This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Mercy Talk. We are officially in a new month, the month of November. Yay. I am one of your hosts, Rachel, and that was Melanie. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, I just get excited hey, about November. That's right, because it means Thanksgiving. <laughs> it does. And colder weather. Yes. And you also maybe, also maybe heard Brooke, maybe comment on there. I heard her. I no? think I just smiled. She smiled. Yeah. I, I heard her smile. Like, yeah, November. <laughs> Thanksgiving. Yeah. I do love Thanksgiving. Yes, yes. I guess. The day after, I can turn Christmas music hey, on. Hey, friend. But not before. Not, no, but you're before. one of, you're one of those you. boundaries people. Good for you. Yeah. We're, we use it in every area of our it's lives. So true. It's so practical. It's like a podcast on that. Boundaries with Thanksgiving with the, and Christmas. And the holidays. Yes. Oh, the fact that there are Just like Christmas the, things out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I will not even look at you. Yeah. Um, no. Oh, we have oh, to wow. get through I'm, the seasons, I, yeah. guys. Mm. Through holidays. Brooke, please still like work me through after. that right now. <laughs> <laughs> We will. Well, you can tell we are very passionate about Christmas <laughs> and Thanksgiving here at Mercy Talk, but you know, a new month means a new series, and so uh, we could tame it down for the end of the year and go light, but I mean, why do that? Mm-hmm. We want to go all the way. It's go heavier, go home, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. That's like maybe a sports term somewhere. I don't it works. Know. Probably not, but that's okay. But But all that to say, I'm so pumped about what we're going to be talking about this month. I'll be really honest and transparent as well our other lovely, beautiful hosts, that this is not my field of expertise, but that's okay because we have people here who it is their field of expertise. We're and looking at you, bro. We are looking at you, bro. <laughs> and it's no, going to be... Please note, not a neuroscientist, so I just do want to be clear about that's that. Okay. Okay. That's okay. So as you heard the word neuroscience, uh, what we're going to be diving into for the month of November is the topic of shame. And this is not a new topic as we'll, you know, reference that more later, but more specifically, we're going to be focusing on how shame works in our brains, how it works in our brains to form certain beliefs and even shapes uh, the patterns, generational patterns that have affected us today. And you're probably going, that sounds like a bunch of jargon, <laughs> like a bunch of, you know, I signed into uh, shame class 101 here at whatever school and I've got to like pull out my pen and take notes. But here's really why we're focusing and targeting on the brain and, and renewing the mind. And when you hear us use it, using phrases like that, this is what we're getting at, that actually shame is not this aloof, random mystical thing out in the universe that, oh, we all struggle with it and it just somehow happens to us. Shame actually um, has a lot to do with what we're paying attention to. And this has really been what's blown my mind Mm -hmm. that in my own life, these feelings and these thoughts and these images that have attributed to the shame in my life that I've struggled with have been from the things that I have been paying attention to in my mind, mm-hmm. um, have been focusing on my mind. And so we'll get into to more of that and how that is uh, <laughs> applicable to actually our everyday lives. But really what we want to encourage you to do is not tune out just yet when you hear brain terminology, because we promise this is going to have some application for you for your 365 regular day life. So in order to do that, we resourced an incredible book called The Soul of Shame, And it is by Dr. Kurt Thompson. And because he is not in my field of study, I brought 
the professional and Brooke, like we referenced, she is going to kind of just break down a little bit about what the book is, but also who Dr. Kurt is. And the whole title of the book is The Soul of Shame, retelling the stories we believe about ourselves. So with all of that said, Brooke, would you take that away? Yeah. Yeah. So... You know, uh, one of the things that I think is really neat. So Kirk Thompson is a psychiatrist. Um, he actually lives, I feel like up north somewhere. Let's go with that. It's where's Wright State? It's vague enough. It's vague. Probably it lives in the 50, United 50 States in America. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. Yeah. I, for those of you who know that me, I don't do geography, and that's <laughs> the one thing Scott and I have agreed to not talk about publicly. Um, so I don't embarrass myself. So anyway, um, he is a psychiatrist, and he runs an institute that really focuses on. Um, educating and equipping leaders, equipping uh, practitioners. They develop resources to educate and train on the intersection between interpersonal neurobiology and Christian spiritual formation. Right. So, you know, I mean, from the practical standpoint for us would be, you know, saying renew your mind again, it's not nebulous, right? Mm -hmm. I think it can feel that way. Or if you grew up in the church or like, yeah, yeah, I'm supposed to renew my mind, but that's an actual thing. Mm -hmm. Right. And that shame and, you know, guilt and all the things we'll talk about affect you physically. Yes. Um, And it's not new guys. The whole world actually accepts that there is a, you know, uh, in the field of counseling, let me just say that, or psychology accepts the the physical and the spiritual, mm. as long as it's not Jesus, right? We're good. Mm. Everybody's good as yeah. long as it's not yeah. Jesus for the spiritual. Um, and so th- this isn't a new concept. I think it is new, maybe um, theoretically for Christians, because I think we've you know, there's a tendency to stay away from science instead of embracing the fact that, you know, God created that and we should actually be at the forefront of science Mm -hmm. as Christians. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's really why I'm so impressed by this book. Um, It's not a light read, but it's also not, I mean, (laughs) and you can tell me, Rachel, I don't think it's a hard read either as far as like you can go through it and process it. And there's going to be a lot of things to process in there, but it's not like, it's not it's a not scientific, right? Yeah, no. boring. We're not learning new words no. of you know that you're like, why do I ever need to know that? Like, exactly. it's, it is applicable, applicable to your yeah, life for sure. Um, and again, like it's it's not new, but the way that he does it is is really incredible. I was just very impressed with it. Yeah. So 100%. yeah. Well, and just even the overall topic of shame. It's been getting a lot of attention yeah. lately. Oh, yeah, um, sure has. Thank you <laughs> to Brene Brown mm-hmm. and the yes. Netflix series and all of those yeah. things. It's kind of like this new hot topic, Yeah, but it's kind of been around for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been operating yeah. since a pretty early day. Yeah. Um, Brooke, you just took a breath like you're about sorry. to add something. I'm not, yeah, and look, I don't want to be <laughs> negative about Brene Brown. But I think that's kind of always been my beef. And Rachel, you said once you read this, you were like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Is that, you know, the thing about Brene Brown is that she started talking about something and everyone's like, oh, I do feel shame. Mm -hmm. But again, at Mercy, we're like, great. Now, what are you going to do about it? Right. And and she has some good stuff. I really don't want to be critical. I think anything that can cause a light to be on this, because probably, you know, no one would read. Kurt Thompson's book potentially if they hadn't heard of sure. you know well everybody's talking about shame so mm-hmm. I'm I'm thankful mm-hmm. for that but there are you know there's just there's a step further yeah let me just say yeah, that there's good. some more steps but I mean also one could like go. I remember reading some of Brene's stuff years ago and being like oh yeah and I kind of identify with this here and there and mm-hmm. yeah 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 and then it's been some of my, in my own personal counseling because I do guys 
go and receive personal counseling because right. it's really good. Yes, amen. Right. I have found, and in some of our marriage counseling that my husband and I have done, I have been blown away at how much like of my personal issues, how many, how many of my issues in our marriage go back to shame. Yeah. 100%. I'm like, what in the world? And yeah. so <laughs> I remember adding this very book that we're covering to my Amazon list. Does anyone else just put stuff in there saved for later Amazon? Yes. I currently cart? have, I looked last night, 172 <laughs> books. Oh, are there really? Yeah. That's awesome. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> in my list. You win. They're saved. Yeah. Um, They're saved. But yeah, like this was on there because I was realizing I need to learn even more. Yeah. I've learned some. I need more because I can't believe how much this is an undercurrent in my life that I never even realized was there. And I mean, if we're being honest, it's been around since the garden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what the enemy like threw into the mix to make Adam and Eve start thinking these thoughts like, God must not love me. God's holding out on me. God doesn't want the best for me. There yeah. must be something wrong with me. We're yeah. missing something. Like, that is exactly what he used to attack. Yes. Adam and Eve. Yeah. And so, you know, and I think just if you think about the word shame, a lot of us want like, what is a definition of shame? Clear cut definition. Right. I've heard a million. Yes. But I will say that the one, you know, that he uses in this book, I'm not even going to say it verbatim because listen, he's a smart guy. Break it down. I get friend. lost. Break it I down. get a little lost. <laughs> but basically what he says that it's this, it's this sensed emotion that we may or may not really even be aware of that's happening. But it basically declares some version of I'm not enough. There's something wrong with me. I am bad or I don't matter. Yeah. It's this it's this underlying emotion that is telling us these things. And, you know, the, the greatest problem or even greater problem of that message is that it really leaves us feeling very, very powerless in our lives because, mm-hmm. well, if this is who I am and if we're identifying with our shame and I say this is who I am, then this is all I'm ever going to be. Yeah. And this is it. And it, and that hopelessness and that powerlessness can be so incredibly powerful mm. in our lives and affecting us. And so um, anyway, you know, I think sometimes people think about shame and they're like, well, the opposite of that is confidence. Mm-hmm. Like you have shame, be confident, you know, <laughs> um, but but Just it's way, confident. way, way like anyway, I think we're going to unpack some of that more in the you know, coming shows. But basically at the end of the day, shame is working directly against the works of God. And this is what he talks about in there. He points out that shame is this attempt to undermine the beauty, the good, the joy that God has intended to bring into the world. And so that's why it's so important to look at because that's a big deal. Anything that's going to cut down or work against the beauty and good things that God has is that's a big deal. Um, And it also is an attempt to cut down the redemptive work of beauty and even what God is doing now and his mm. ability to redeem us. It works against all of those things. So yeah. I feel like we've really nailed home. Like, why is this important? Sure. Why are we talking yeah. about this? Sure. Those are big well, it things. influences how you see everything. Everything. Yes. How you experience the world, how you see everything, mm-hmm. how you perceive it. When we talk about root systems and belief systems, mm-hmm. shame is the filter mm-hmm. by which you will see mm-hmm. and relate to everyone. A- absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. And, and we'll, you know, we'll get it. I'll stop talking because no, there's girl. more, but no, we'll, it's, I'll wait. No, it's oh, so good. I'll wait my turn. <laughs> no, Sorry, Rachel. No, you no, go now. No, it's, 
friend, you're the one that like actually knows this stuff. I'm like, yeah, I just read a book on it and now my mind is blown. Yeah. In that exact voice in my head is exactly what it sounded like. Um, I was going to ask. It's how it sounds in my head. But but it's true. And Mel, you make a great point that it's just so much deeper than what we think. You're right. We go, oh, just have self-confidence. Just wear a little piece of jewelry that says I'm enough. Or I mean, and I'm saying that because I've done that. And I'm not against jewelry that has positive messages but but it's not it, you're right Brooke was saying it's it's that's not all there is right you've got to go deeper and and you've got to talk about okay what's next what does this mean if this is like the if this is the the problem we're facing what does that mean for us and and Dr. Thompson will talk about this more as well but this story that shame wants to to weave and then the narrative that God intended to weave and what he's weaving mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. for us. Um, but again, you're right. It's deep. It, it causes us to question the very character of God. And I've heard Brooke talk about this before about question. Once you start questioning the character of God, then you don't know if you can trust him. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know if you can trust him, then you don't know if you want to be in this thing mm-hmm. because it's like, if you're not for me, I can't be, I can't be safe with you. I can't be vulnerable yeah, and open. Right. So, um, yeah. Anyways, amen to what you're saying. There you go. Well, and on that same note, and you were talking about it started in the garden. I mean, the whole thing of shame is to isolate, right? Mm-hmm. So it's to keep us from God, from other people, from healthy relationships. And, you know, it it's uh, self-reinforcing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're going to isolate and then people respond to that isolation. I mean, we talk about yeah. this, you know, at Empower. Cycle. I feel, I really, I'm just going to say every podcast I'm on, come to Empower. <laughs> and a lot of you did, by the way. I was, <laughs> yes. was so good. Yeah. Um, anyway, I have a funny story for that, but I won't tell it here. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> but, you know, it, it causes us to hide just like mm-hmm. Adam and Eve. That's the thing that it does. So if you want to pinpoint you know, is this shame or am I just kind of having a moment, right? Mm -hmm. Is it causing you to isolate? Is it like, what is the fruit of that thing? So if you start feeling bad Mm -hmm. about something, because some people are like, well, maybe I'm just convicted or maybe I'm just, great. We'll take a minute and look at it and see, is it, do you want to hide it? Do you want to stuff it down? Do we want no one to see that nasty little thing, you know, or is it just, and it could be something simple like, um, you know, for me, if I'm not on top of my emails for the day, which has never happened by the way, in at least the past three years. True fact. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've never been on Mel's, top of my emails. Mm-hmm. Mel, I can't comment because I'm not here right now. So it's okay. <laughs> but I'm just saying like, but I hate that. I do. So I'm always like feeling bad that I didn't do that. But there is a level. I know that sounds really stupid, but it, it I can start feeling like, mm-hmm. well, then why are you in this position? Yeah. Like you should be on top of every single thing, you know, like, and it can, that self talk of like, mm-hmm. get it together. And like, you know, and yep. so then I'll organize myself for a solid 24 hours and then, we're back at it. Mm-hmm. Right. But there is a root issue of like, what do I need to prioritize? What do mm-hmm. I need? You know, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, but you've got to follow that rabbit trail a little bit. And I'm making a little bit lighter that we're not getting into abuse yeah. yet. Cause you know, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah. just throwing that out, but you know, shame leads to anxiety. I mean, it's going to, again, it's going to eat itself, mm-hmm. right? It's going to cause you to get by yourself away, not want to look at it, hide it, keep it from all the people. Mm-hmm. And there's always that belief too, that like, if we don't talk about this, it's not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. And so some, some people are more delusional than others. I'm on the higher level of delusion <laughs> where I'm like, yeah, no, it's fine. Everything's fine. Just don't worry about it. Um, and so, but the, he also talks about guilt mm. in here as well, which can get confusing, right? Sure. So shame 
turns us inward. Guilt is going to turn us outward. They can look very similar, but it's kind of, they play out differently. Interesting. Guilt is right. And guilt is going to cause us to, to kind of, um, overcorrect with somebody. I feel bad now. So I'm going to kind of over, um, apologize, overcompensate. Let me make other people feel good so that I can try and feel good about this. And frankly, continue to hide my shame because when everybody's happy with me, then we don't have to worry about kind of what's going on back over here. So Mm. the core takeaway from that would be shame's going to pull us inward. Guilt's going to kind of make you start manipulating outward Mm. um, and, you know, manipulating your relationships around you, overcompensating, that sort of thing. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Sort of. Mm -hmm. Okay. And guys, this is for you to also read the book. So if you're like, hmm, what about that? You could read it. Get it. Yeah, just get it. It was probably better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so one of the things I know that we have hit on a little bit was, and and really kind of what we were trying to focus in on today was just this idea of how shame targets our mind and our thinking and how our thinking leads us into shame. It's like that cycle. One affects the other, that affects the other, that affects the other, that affects the other. And if you've been around Mercy for long, if you've listened to our podcast, been to our workshops, read any of our books, we talk all the time. Mm-hmm. about renewing the mind. I'm, I've been just really paying attention to a lot of our testimonies of the young women in our residential program and how many of them were like, it was when I started renewing my mind. Mm-hmm. Like that That's was good. the pivot point for me, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so I, I don't know, I think you, you hit on this earlier, Brooke, but like that whole term of renewing the mind, I mean, mm-hmm. it's straight from scripture. Yes. And I think sometimes we just are like, well, that's a, it's a lofty idea. Right. It's renewing the mind, yeah. like you know, that's yeah. just that's yes. some very flowery words yes. right. in yes. the Bible. Renew right. the mind—that sounds great. Like, yeah. but that's not realistic. Like renewing my mind. I mean, if, seriously, guys. When you've heard renewing the mind, I what know. do you think about? I know. Do you I, like? Yeah, no, that's a real thing that I could do. Or like, oh, that sounds really great. That's a really cool idea. It's a cool re- idea. Like, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many of you have actually really thought I could do? Like, that's a real thing could I do could that. do yes. that could actually happen. You know, because I think you said it earlier, like scientifically it is possible. Like, I mean, yeah. again, we're not going to try to act like we're neurosurgeons in the, I don't, is that what it would be a neurosurgeon or a brain Neuro-doctor. scientist? Neuro- I don't brains, even know what brain to call doctors. Them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so far from being one. I don't even know what they would be. But for things that I have read, uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. neuroscience does prove that this is a possible thing. Yes. Like oh, that this yeah. is actually something that can be done. And so we just want to point out that, you know, I mean, we talk a lot about how we have control over, and in Keys to Freedom, the story that's told, I won't tell the whole story, but it's just this idea of like a thought mm. knocks on the door of your mind. You can let it in. And sometimes they come just barging in through the door with, you know, and you're like, whoa, where'd you come from? Sure. But you have a choice as to whether or not you say, hey, thought. <laughs> Come sit down at the table. Let's just sit together for a really long time. Like you do have the ability to choose what you allow into your mind Mm. that you let sit down at the table and hang out with you. Yeah. They may barge through the door, but you can kick them right out. You know, so there's just, there's this, uh, first of all, I think uh, for us to acknowledge, we have, we do have power. Mm. We have power over our thought lives. You Mm. may think that you're a victim of your thought life, but you actually, you are enabled and have the power to, to really to like uh, scripture says to renew your mind. And so, so much of what we're talking about here is about how do our thoughts inform shame Yes, and how does shame inform our thoughts? Like they work so much hand in hand. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's just important to know that that's, that's biblical. We talk about it all the time. 
Hey everyone, my name is Melanie Wise and I am the Executive Director of Outreach at Mercy Multiplied. And this is Dr. Brooke Keels, our Executive Director of Counseling Services here at Mercy. And we are really, really excited to have this chance to tell you a little about not just what is happening here at Mercy, but more importantly, how we want to come alongside you in your journey and your walk with Christ. We at Mercy are all about restoring hope and transforming lives. And so since 1983, we have been focused on doing that in our residential program for young women. So over the years, our founder and president, Nancy Alcorn, has been contacted on a regular basis by people out in the community, pastors, ministry leaders, church leaders. They're asking for help. They're asking her, how does Mercy see the success that we see in helping people overcome these life-controlling issues? And while we do have an amazing program with beautiful facilities and awesome staff and highly qualified counselors, we know that there is one thing that sets us apart from many other programs out there, and that is Jesus Christ. We passionately believe that true healing and freedom is not possible outside of the presence and the power of Christ. Without Jesus, the best that you can hope for is behavior modification. The best that you can hope for is to simply cope with your struggles. But we all know that Jesus did not come just so that we could cope. He came so that we could live healed and whole and freed. So, if you want to be equipped with the tools you need to navigate the rest of your life from a place of freedom, we hope that you will consider being part of this study and invite a friend to do it along with you. I promise, no matter where you might find yourself today, he's got more for you. Being part of the Keys to Freedom study might just be what he wants to use to take you to the next level in your walk with him. Yeah, I mean, and, and it is funny. I mean, I, I think coming from, you know, the academic world, it is always comical to me in some ways that, you know, they'll be like, well, science has proven that meditation is helpful. And I'm like, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, gosh, if only someone had said that. Thousands of years yeah. ago, like you know, and I, just I love it. I know, and yeah. I try and be cool. I'm usually a little smug in these things, but you know, I try and be nice and show the love of Jesus, even in those interactions. But it is—it's always fascinating because I think there was this idea. You know, of course, my dad was a psychologist. I kind of had that piece, and he always taught at the university, so academia was part of our life. But it was always interesting to me to see those that were, you know, really strong Christians, but like they didn't even want to hear about science mm-hmm. and I'm like no you don't understand it's literally proving yes, yes. everything yeah. and you've got to be able to you know because we have a brain and the yeah. Lord made us very intelligent beings yeah. you know to be able to go oh cool you just proved everything I've known because yeah. I read the Bible yeah. you know and that's amazing and the, and if there is something to question then question it that's mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. you know we can dig in and and so he he does get into the brain as mm-hmm. he is mm-hmm. you know well, I guess a neuroscientist, psychiatrist, whatever, <laughs> a medical doctor. Yes. Um, and so I'm not going to actually get too in depth here. We kind of n- negotiated, I guess, uh, or I don't know if that's the right word. That's the word in our home right now. Liam likes negotiate. to negotiate right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I've also been instructed by him to not talk about him on the podcast any oh, longer. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you got busted. I did get busted. Oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did. Oh. I'll <laughs> save that story for another yes. more appropriate time as well. Um, <laughs> but he apparently did not like what I said about it's so great i got in trouble um anyway but one of the the key pieces that i think again read the book if you want to really dive into this but the key piece is that he he was like you know 
he really encourages you not to think about the brain in terms of like what or how we think, um, but rather, and he says this interpersonal neurobiology, but basically me as a systems therapist will tell you it's, it's interaction, right? Your Mm. brain develops based off of, you know, it's how we've learned to think, Mm -hmm. right? Y'all know that your brain develops off of experiences. You know, if you've ever had a kid, they're telling you, right, you need to feed them all the right things. You need to talk to them. You need to read to them because that is how Mm -hmm. your brain develops. Mm -hmm. We know that certain medications limit the development of the frontal lobe or other things will increase, you know, use of the frontal lobe and just all the kind of things that your baby, look, He's going to be fine. I got you. I just look at my child every day like, oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) I know. What am I doing to you? Look, you're just keeping him alive right now. He'll be fine. Just keep talking to him. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, we again, all this stuff that we know, um, but really thinking about it from the standpoint of how we apply this to how the Lord heals us and how the Lord brings us to freedom and how, um, you know, so basically your brain's developed by your interactions, right? So shame is not formed in a bubble. Mm Yeah. You know, we talk about that at Impact too, right? Shame is developed by things that people have said to you, relationships that you've had, behavior that has, you know, things that have been done to you or things that you have experienced or been a part of. And so from what, the get go to, I'm like thinking of Adam and Eve, like it, yeah, the enemy, it all just the really, enemy said, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, have you thought about this? Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. What? You know, right. like even that's a perfect example of it. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's all, you know, we're just kind of all bouncing off of each other, guys. Mm-hmm. Like we really are. Sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but the Lord's like, hey, really Jacked easy. I can, humans. I can pull that root up and mm-hmm. heal it very, yes. very quickly. Yes. Right. More quickly than you can by trying to hide it and cover mm-hmm. it and let it affect every aspect that's of right. your life. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, so he gets into how shame disrupts our thoughts, how it shifts. And like I said earlier, basically uh, paints everything thing we see and experience. Um, so that is the super, uh, elementary Brooke version of what he talks about, yeah. you know, yeah. but I think that that's, that's good enough for here. No. Right. No, okay. I think that's, that's so, that's so great. And, and kind of like the overall arching theme of what it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong. We've all been saying here together is that, um, again, shame is not just like this mysterious thing out there, but it is formed, like you said, through our interactions, through the things we've been thinking and, so much of this, I guess that surprised me too, it becomes, um, is subconscious the right word or unconscious? Like it's happening because yeah. it, I mean, it, it's happening so frequently, like it's, you're not even realizing that it's there. Yeah. If that makes sense. Well, and you know, I mean, you know, we'll do a little bit of science, right? So we know, I mean, your, your neurons, your synapses, like they're firing at levels you can't even see, right? You sure. have to measure. Um, but the thing is, is that in renewing the mind, in, you know, shifting how we view the world, in letting the Lord heal those places, you know, it takes time and it is a discipline and it takes trust and mm-hmm. it takes effort. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, that's one piece. We want things to not take effort. Yeah. And they, sure. it does. It yeah. takes effort to change your, your brain. Yes. Yeah. The thing is, is that once these things happen, once you put them into play, mm-hmm. once you allow the Lord to heal those places, that becomes your second nature. Yeah. Right. And then you're like, Oh, I don't want to feel shame. No, no, sure. let's just deal with this now. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, but it, it, there's a lot of factors involved in that, but sure. it does. I mean, you know, back to drug treatment, right? Y'all know that that's my background. I mean, it, we would talk about it would take five years 
um, we had this, you know, one kid that really just struggled with a lot of meth and they were like, you need five years of basically no stimulant medications Mm -hmm. for your brain to heal. Wow. Right. And that sounds like a long time, but you know what? He was 18. So five years later, still pretty young, Mm -hmm. doing really well, Mm -hmm. you know, like, but there is, but it still was a discipline of like, you're not, you can't continue to expose your brain to something poisonous that Mm -hmm. you've been exposing it to and think that it's going to be fine, but it can heal. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so if we think about it like that, it's not different with shame. Sure. Right. Yeah. Can you speak quickly to, he talks about, you know, the phrase neurons that fire together, wire together. How Mm -hmm. does that correlate with what we're talking about in, in like, you know, renewing the mind? What, how would that apply? So it's kind of the same thing. I'm going to be very, I'm sorry. I'm going to be intentionally vague about this because really like, I don't, I don't want to We'll lose. Yeah. 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 yeah, Everyone's like, and no, I don't want to go there. But basically that's, that's how your neural pathways are formed. Right. So when we talk about reading to your kid or we talk about, you know, I'll, I'll stick with meth. Okay. That sounds easy. I know just, it's fine. Uh, From reading to our kids to meth. Yeah. Well, but so, you know, meth affects this, the pleasure center of the brain. Okay. Mm -hmm. At a basic level, right. If you keep activating that part of the brain it's then expecting this other substance to come in and continue to activate it that is why you know people that have been addicted to meth will say i'll I'll, the sad thing is that i will never feel as happy as i did Mm. when i was on meth Mm. right which is really sad Mm. but there are a lot of people that have healed from it that have been able to reach those levels of you know euphoria of happiness of pleasure you know of joy right and then it's really cool to hear people who have walked on the other side of that who have been healed that the lord has come in their life that they have been healed you know from the roots, sure. you know, all the way down there, like, but see joy and the pleasure from a substance are not the same thing. Mm. Right. And yeah. so, you know, anyway, all that to say is when you, when you think certain ways, right, your brain is just trying to get there the most efficient mm. way it can. Sure. Right. Yeah. So that's what it's going to do. So yep. it's not trying to go around seven ways. And so when we talk about a discipline, when we talk about breaking habits, like yep. that's what it is, is that you have to kind of help your brain reroute the highways. Yeah. Yeah, that makes right. sense. Yeah, that makes so, sense. Yeah. yeah, just read, just read the book. I mean, that but part. that's so <laughs> you know? important. And yeah. I'm thinking, okay, we're not really intentionally throwing in power in this often, but I am thinking about it in power. Brooke yes. might be when no. we talk about just how, like, you, for example, renewing the mind is one of our keys to freedom. It's right. one of the principal keys in our in our study in what we do in the homes mm-hmm. with the girls at our workshops. And we always say, like, you can't just say, like, oh, I identified a place of deception in my mind and now I've identified the truth. Yeah. I'm good. No, you're not. Yeah. Yeah. This is like step one. Right. Yeah. Like that's just the first, that's a very important step is to identify a lie and identify the truth. Yes. But then there's this whole process that goes on after that. Like you said that, that truly science has proven like it takes time yeah like you like you said I have I remember you told me that a long time ago and I was like you're right our brain wants to do whatever shortest and quickest and easiest right. if anybody's read Donald Miller's stuff like even his marketing stuff is built on that idea yeah. people yeah. don't they want to burn as few calories as possible That's right. in yes. their yes. thinking right. yes. and so it's so true we'll just go to whatever is the most natural yeah. and what's the most right. natural is probably that lie yeah. that mm-hmm. thing that is not true and yeah. that's where I'm just going to keep going until I am wet whoa wetty was what I was about to say. <laughs> Until I'm wetty. I got a kid, y'all. It's okay. Yeah. It happens. I was about to say, we're going to get coffee. I'm going to start. Yeah. And t- episode two <laughs> is going to be great. <laughs> what I was trying to do was combine ready and willing. I like oh, it. I love it. Until I <laughs> am ready Let's to put... put that put on the shirt with <laughs> the practical. 
Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, until I am ready yes. to put in the work and the discipline, like you said, yeah, like praise. I'm just going to keep living in that place. And, and so anyway, it's just, I, I just, that's a really, really important thing. Cause people yeah. have said like, well, I've tried to renew my mind and it didn't work for me. No, it will. Yeah. yeah, it will work. Well, look, you just have to commit to the process. Nancy, I'm sorry, Deep guys. Breath. I know. Nancy spoke on this actually um, the other day, and I wasn't there, but then someone told me she said this, and I think she's taught on this before, but it's incredibly impactful. And it's a core, you know, it's a belief system that we use in our homes, right? You can equip people, you can give them the knowledge, you can give them the tools, but you cannot give them the willpower. Yeah. Right? That's just the bottom line. So I can give you all the things. <laughs> Sure. Right. We can educate you. We can do all of that. And that's why we focus on the practical. Like, what can you do with it? Sure. So we're going to give you knowledge. We're going to give you tools. But the Lord says the same thing. Right. Sure. But I can't make you want it. Mm-hmm. And that's where mm-hmm. it comes in the choice of do you want it? Yep. And mm-hmm. wanting it sometimes means it's going to be hard and it's going to take time. And the thing is, though, guys, we're all figuring it out together. Like, you're not alone. You're not the only one that's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh, I identified a lie so and I said a truth and it didn't work. And, you know, like, we're literally all in this together. Yeah. Truth. I mean, yeah. really. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. So, really, just jumping off that idea, something else that he talks about in the book that relates a lot to this idea of renewing the mind is just attention. Like, what is it that we are paying attention to? And what are, I mean, in my mind, it's like, what am I, what am I dwelling on? Like in my mind. Um, And basically what he, he points out is we are what we pay attention to. Um, And I mean, that's, that's scriptural. When I think about that, the scripture from Romans eight that talks about, you know, the mindset of the flesh is death. But the mindset controlled by the spirit finds life and peace. So it's like mm-hmm. what you what you dwell on, what your mindset is on, is what you will be. Yeah. Um, and so even that, like even more so to me, like what I dwell on and what I pay attention to, yes. um, that is a choice. Right. Like you don't always have the choice of every thought that pops into your mind. But as we already talked about, you do have choice on what you allow to dwell and what you pay attention to. And you know, the whole like even subtitle of his book is retelling the stories that we believe about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I want to give a shout out to one of our counselors in Monroe, Mm -hmm. Leslie, like she has done a lot of work in this and read this book and just really did a deep dive on all of it. And so she gave us some feedback and thoughts on this. And I love what she said about this specific point, because she basically said, if I want to begin to break out of the narrative of shame in my life and Mm -hmm. the story that I'm telling about who I am, about who God is and all of that, that I have to choose what part of the story, first of all, is true, but what I want to highlight and what, I, what emotions I want to feed in my own life. Um, I have to choose that. I have to begin to interrupt my thoughts and my beliefs by both being aware of what brought on the shame in the first place, um, but also how the shame presents itself in my life. I've got to come to a new place of awareness, mm-hmm. but then I've got to make some choices. And so I loved how she broke that down. And that again is biblical. I mean, if you look at the, you know, scripture about like today I set before you life and death, yes. choose life, yes, choose life. Like yes. you have it. I mean, that's a big, the foundational yeah. scripture of mercy. Nancy's big on that's that it. one too, you know? So. And it's not just because you chose Jesus. It's every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause there are yeah. a lot of us that love the Lord and are going to all be together yep. in heaven that are not living free yeah. every day. And yeah. that's, you know, that wasn't his plan. It mm-hmm. was that mm-hmm. there's some good stuff happening in the in-between mm-hmm. yeah. knowing Jesus and being in heaven, you know, yes, so. for sure. Yeah, no, that's so good. So what we want to do is call attention to kind of what 
Brooke and Mel were saying before that um, this is going to take some work. Like if you're sitting today and you're going, oh man, I've tried that before. Oh man, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard this before. What we want to challenge you to do is to really put in the time and the effort to do the hard thing, to do some hard things. And so what we've tried to incorporate in each of these episodes is just a practical step that you can take during the week um, and and really commit to it, really commit to doing it every day and see um, what it is that you're paying attention to. So for this coming week, what we're going to have you do, and Dr. Thompson talks about this in his book, is you can grab a piece of paper, you can grab a journal. I mean, heck, grab your phone because it's always with you. Whatever's closest and nearest to you. And what you're going to basically do is every time you notice a shameful feeling, image, thought, voice, sensation come over you, you're just going to make a mark. You're going to make a mark, whether it's on a piece of paper, whether it's, you know, the dot on your phone, whether you're keeping a tally sheet, however you want it to do or however you want to do. And basically what that is going to to serve as, um, is, uh, Brooke kind of put this earlier as a thought checker. Um, and what that is going to do is it's going to interrupt that flow, that shame flow there. It's going to stop and go, Oh wait, this is happening right now. And also it's going to bring your attention to what you're paying attention to. And if that makes sense. if you're going like, okay, well, how do I know if it's a shameful thought? Mm. Like, how do I even know how to identify it? Let's go back to the original definition that he said. That's it's good. any version of, I'm not enough. There's something wrong with me. That's I am good. bad. I don't matter. Anything that feels like that, yes. <laughs> that's that would be an easy way to identify it. Or encourages you to isolate. Right. Mm, Anything, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. That's so, so good. Very cool. Well, this was a lot, but I'm pumped, you guys, um, because I think this is going to bring a lot of um, practical application, but also maybe even a renewed sense of what it means Mm -hmm. to renew our minds Mm -hmm. um, with the topic of shame. So it's going to be fun. Thanks for being smarter than helping teach me about all these things. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's going to be good. So join us again next week. We're going to continue to dive into the topic of shame. We're so glad you joined us today. We'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find previous episodes there. Mercy Multiplied is a nonprofit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com.